Welcome to the Friday Five, a series in which we cover five stories in health and science research over the previous week that you may have missed. There are plenty of controversies and ethical issues in science, and we get into many of them in our online magazine. But there are also lots of stories to be excited about, and this news roundup is focused on scientific work to give you a therapeutic dose of inspiration headed into the weekend. First up in the Friday Five, progress in treating brain cancer has been slow. The outlook for patients today is basically the same as it was in 1970, but we have some new stars in cancer research, according to a new study in the journal Brain. Researchers at Tel Aviv University focused on a certain type of cell in the tissues around the tumors. The cells, called astrocytes, are shaped like stars, and we've known about them for 200 years. But the researchers set out to understand them better. Astrocytes in healthy brains, and in brains with tumors, both send out signals for immune cells to rush over when the brain needs protection. But the researchers found that when there's a tumor, the astrocytes sell the brain out, getting these immune cells to support the tumor. And the scientists were able to figure out that astrocytes play a huge role in giving energy to the tumor. These stars, more like leading villains, have a nasty habit of making lots of energy in the form of cholesterol and giving it to the cancer cells. The research team realized that when they got rid of astrocytes in animals, brain tumors disappeared almost immediately, and most animals ended up living long after the treatment. And when the researchers managed to get astrocytes to stop sending cholesterol to the tumor, it starved itself to death in both animals and human samples in just a few days. The lead researcher, Dr. Leo Armeo, who didn't comment on the connection between his last name and lots of cholesterol, is working on treatments to take advantage of these important findings. More progress in cancer research this week by a Mayo Clinic team, this time in being able to predict which patients with advanced cancer of the pancreas will benefit from surgery. In the spirit of first do no harm, the researchers were able to use PET scans to pick out 85% of the cancer patients who would have bad responses to surgery and possibly die from it. This is a breakthrough because other types of scans, like CTs or MRIs, haven't been able to detect exactly what's going on with people's tumors. One reason is that they have trouble telling the difference between tumors and scar tissue. In over 200 patients who'd received chemotherapy and other types of therapies for cancer, the PET scans showed which of them had tumor reductions and signs that their immune systems were attacking the tumor. Those patients were the ones who should go ahead and have surgery, according to the study, because they will likely do well. And the study authors suggest that the rest of the patients should pursue more therapy before they go under the knife to make sure it'll benefit them. The researchers called for more studies that explore using PET scans for this purpose in larger patient groups to confirm that they can play this important role. Third up in the Friday Five, a potential breakthrough in treating Down syndrome. Scientists in France were able to improve memory and ability to understand words among people with Down syndrome by giving them a hormone that's linked to fertility and reproduction. Down syndrome is the most common cause of cognitive problems associated with people's genes, but we've been lacking a good way to help people with this disease. The hormone that was given to seven adult men in this study is called GNRH. It's used by brain neurons to help with fertility, and some of this hormone also travels to the outer layer of the brain, where it plays an important role in cognitive ability, according to the study. The research team stuck small pumps under the skin of these men, delivering the hormone for two hours per day for six months. In addition to better memory, the researchers found that the men had improved levels of attention and more connections between different neurons in different parts of the brain. 
Interestingly, the treatment didn't improve their ability to smell, which is a problem for those with Down syndrome, even though the GnRH hormone has been linked to smell. But overall, the French scientists think the hormone treatment could be useful for people with Down syndrome and people with brain fog during menopause. And because patients with Down syndrome have symptoms that resemble Alzheimer's, scientists tried this same treatment in mice and found that it improved how they did on cognitive tests too. In their paper, the scientists noted the need for larger studies in both women and men. Next up, findings were published on Tuesday in Nature Neurobiology that could affect your daily stroll around the neighborhood. You're not going to want to forget the need for speed. The research team from Denmark and Australia looked at records of almost 80,000 people who wore wrist monitors on regular walks for almost three years. They found that those who hoofed it at 112 steps per minute for the fastest 30 minutes of their daily walk were able to reduce their risk of dementia by 62%, compared to those who conquered the same distance, about 10,000 steps, without picking up the pace. They saw a smaller reduction of 50%. 112 steps per minute is a rather brisk cadence, according to the researchers. They did not specify how close this was to breaking the sound barrier, but it is a little faster than the exercise guidelines from the federal government, which suggest 100 steps per minute. The researchers looked at a younger age range than you might expect, 40 to 79. Including people in their 40s and 50s might have thrown the numbers off a bit, and their findings might not carry over to people in their 80s or older. Still, it's a good reminder to get your game face on and pump those arms, even if your neighbors make fun of you. And for our fifth story, there were important findings related to fertility this week in the journal Plus Biology. A research team in Beijing looked at the safety of having three people source the DNA for one baby. This is called mitochondrial replacement therapy, where a woman who has defects in her mitochondria, the powerhouse that gives cells their energy, combines her DNA with the egg of a woman with normal mitochondria. And then that gets mixed up in a test tube with the father's sperm. As you may recall, a baby was born six years ago in Mexico using this very method and seems to remain healthy to this day. The UK and Australia do permit it, but as you might imagine, there are still safety concerns and it remains banned in the US and most other countries. The Chinese researchers compared dozens of human embryos and found no real difference between the ones with the replacement therapy and the regular embryos. They had the same expression of genes five days after fertilization. The study is the most in-depth research yet on this technique, which could one day help prevent the 1 in 5,000 children born with mutations in their mitochondrial DNA, which can affect their hearts and other organs. However, much more research remains to be done with the mitochondrial therapy, as some very small amount of the faulty DNA always makes it into the donor egg, and we don't yet know the consequences of that, past very early development of embryos. And one honorable mention this week, in a slightly less science fiction-y story related to fertility compared to having three parents, scientists at the University of Sheffield have found a protein, called Maya, that attracts sperm to an egg like a magnet. In about half the cases of people who are having trouble getting pregnant, we currently have no idea what the problem is. Part of the reason for this gap in understanding is the strong ethical concerns around using eggs for research. But the scientists in this study, published in Science Advances, managed to get around that obstacle by using artificial eggs. They made the eggs with thousands of beads that each had different parts of protein stuck on them that sperm could attach to. In most cases, there was no love connection, with very little sperm latching on. The scientists removed these unpopular beads until there was only one type of bead left that had attracted a decent amount of sperm, the ones with the myoprotein. And when the scientists put the gene related to myoproteins into a culture cell of humans, they welcomed sperm just like you'd expect to see with normal fertilization. The scientists have named the myoprotein after the Greek goddess of motherhood because they might be able to design fertility treatments for people who have problems with this protein. 
Another option would be to block this Greek goddess, which could provide a new type of birth control. As always, you can find links to each study I've discussed this week in the show notes. And please check out the Leaps.org magazine online, where you can learn about the latest and most important challenges and developments in science, such as this week, a story on new blood tests for cancer. Overall, the Leaps.org platform looks at trends and innovations through the lens of rational optimism. You can find out what to be concerned about, but we also tell you which scientific breakthroughs are giving reason for excitement. Thanks for listening to the Friday Five, and have a great weekend.